Good afternoon and welcome to the Monday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll hear from the Executive Director of the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon, you're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Dairy Farmers of Manitoba is committing up to $100,000 for Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association over two years. Duncan Morrison is executive director of the MFGA. It's really a hybrid of great news. Um, we really are noticing uh, the dairy farmers, um, specifically through our chair, uh, Lawrence Knockhart, who's a longtime dairy farmer, and also through some of the regenerative ag um, dairy farmers that we put up at our conference last year and really came out and really showcased a lot of the strong links between the soil health wants and needs of the dairy farmers and 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 with mfj and some of the directions and projects that we're working on so it's just a great fit we're just so stoked about it yeah i guess um talk a little bit more about the the green gold program and and you know how some of that money will benefit that well the green gold program is actually uh we're kind of we're into our with plus 30 years it started off with manitoba agriculture and of course long time stewarded by john mcgregor who's also our hay extension guy right now it's taken over by Tara Bergen, um, who's in her second year, and it's really going quite well. I mean, all the producers out there that had all those hard times and still continue to struggle with challenges, we have full respect and, and full, our full thoughts are with all of them as they get through this, this wet and, and crazy um, 2022. But the, uh, the Green Gold program is, is running again, and it's up, and I think we have around 21 fields. That last count, I think we had a couple of last dropouts. But what this allows us to do is really give it the attention, put the focus on it, and also to, of course, associate the dairy farmers to it. And, of course, when it comes to um, dairy cow chow, uh, alfalfa is, uh, is really important to them and, and the nutrients. So it's just, again, it's just a win-win. Yeah, and, Duncan, uh, just talk a bit more about that relationship between um, dairy farmers and, and your organization. With pleasure. I mean... The dairy farmers are, are um, you know, they they're, they're, they all are very, um, they're independent. Um, they do a lot of their work, um, you know, uh, on their farms. And a lot of the stuff that they're doing for the good of the environment is, uh, is perhaps not front and center as, as much as the end product is. But what's going on on those farms is really quite uh, impressive on a, lot of, uh, on a lot of regards around the soil health, around you know, they do the wetlands and, and uh, you know, and, and the grasslands and whatnot. So, um, you know, there's a lot of uh, potential into that soil boosting and making sure that, um, you know, as a, as a constituency that the dairy farmers are included in some of the cool things we have going on as well, such as our quantity model around some of the water management tools, making sure that they understand the quantity forecasting tool when we get that up and running next year. Um, you know, and some of the other stuff as well as as well as the chance to go in and meet with uh, you know meet with producers, meet with other peer to peer interactions that uh, kind of just brings them more into the community hall um, than more so into um, just a dairy farmer event. It's very much coming on board with uh, what we got going on and and just learning and, and connecting and, and networking towards the greater good of uh, a lot of their farms. Anything else to add on this here, Duncan? Or? No, I mean, we're really excited about it. I mean, the, the, half of the funding is uh, going to be in corporate support, which will help programs like Green Gold. The other half is going to be um, looking at projects. And 
for instance, if we get a researcher that comes to us and says, hey, we'd really like to do some on-farm research around, uh, you know, soil, uh, we'd like to do some soil mapping or, or whatever it may be, um, you know, and uh, we would then go to the dairy farm and say, hey, listen, we got a really cool opportunity here. Can we work together on this and, uh, you know, maybe target some of your farms? And so it's really quite a multi-level um, um, multi-level agreement, um, which is uh, signified by a memorandum of understanding, but the potential for both organizations on us to connect to the dairy farmers is really awesome, and for them to connect back to some of the things and get some of the credit for around some of the um, around some of their farming practices that help soil, water, biodiversity. I think it's just win-win-win across the board. That was Duncan Morrison, Executive Director of the Manitoba Forage and Grassland Association. Dairy Farmers of Manitoba is committing up to $100,000 to MFGA over two years. That'll go towards the Green Gold Program. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Knute. FCC has released its second quarter economic and financial market update. Kyle Burak is a senior economist with Farm Credit Canada. The Russian invasion of Ukraine has impacted commodity markets from oil to wheat. We've seen prices really increase across all those markets since February. We really see that starting to trickle into our our processors in Canada. Now they're paying a higher price for those commodities, and we're now seeing that trickle in, and the consumers are paying more for products because of that. And many cattle were turned out to pasture earlier than normal this year. Melissa Atchison is vice president of Manitoba Beef Producers. There wasn't a lot of a choice. Uh, you were either out of feed or you scrounged them up from far away. But uh, the the feed pile is definitely gone, and there's certainly certainly not a lot of reserves going into next year. It's a, it's the first year for many folks not having a uh, a reserve pile going into the carryover for the winter. So yeah, there were some cows going out, maybe perhaps before the pastures were ready. But uh, desperate times call for desperate measures. Manitoba government is increasing its investment by $3 million for Manitoba's Watershed Districts Program. The Watershed Districts Program is a voluntary partnership between Manitoba and municipal governments based on local grassroots decision-making. This year, the province will expand program support by $570,000 for a total of $6.443 million. The Manitoba government is also establishing the Manitoba Watershed Districts Capacity Fund, administered in trust by the Winnipeg Foundation. As of April, 109 municipalities were partners in the program, covering over 88,000 square kilometres of municipal Manitoba. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Monday, June 13th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from David McInnes, coordinator of the National Index and Agri-Food Performance Coalition. Joining us now is David McInnes. He's the coordinator of the National Index and Agri-Food Performance Coalition. I mean, all over the world and here in Canada, in every community, people are wondering about how sustainable their food is. And uh, this is about uh, environmental sustainability, whether it's healthy, safe, uh, responsibly produced. And this is uh, an interest um, everywhere, nearly. And so the question that we're trying to answer is, how sustainable is the agri-food sector? And if we can better document that, how can this be used uh, by uh, the sector in the marketplace, in society, and uh, and by government? Now, there, there were four um, priority areas that, that were being looked at. Um, just wondering if you could uh, touch on those a little bit. 
Sure. Well, most of the time when we think of the of traditional or think of sustainability, people think of uh, planet, people, and profit. Um, this is a sort of a core concept that's shared all over the world. Uh, we've actually added a fourth element, so and we've termed it this way, uh, environmental sustainability, food integrity, which includes food safety, uh, economic sustainability. After all, we need profitable farms and companies, in fact, to be sustainable. And then societal well-being, how inclusive and responsible the sector is. So we have these four sustainability blocks, if you will, which I think for a food sector broadens that notion of those three traditional uh, uh, legs of the stool, if you will, on sustainability. And David, uh, can you talk a little bit about the report that was released here recently and I guess some of the, some of the findings there? Well, we're on a journey uh, that started in 2020 to try to document the, uh, the sustainability of the Canadian food system. Uh, and uh, the other day we released a, an installment of, of a phase that we just concluded where we detailed the many indicators and sub-indicators of how we might measure uh, sustainability across the food sector. And so we've, we've proposed 20 indicators, things like greenhouse gas emissions to impact on water, biodiversity, social inclusion, and safe food. Uh, and now we're moving to how we can put this into practice, take it from concept to reality with a pilot. Now, as far as uh, stakeholders, talk about, I guess, some of the stakeholders involved. There's, there's quite a few here. Well, this is, uh, this is a private-public partnership, which is a way of saying that uh, a diverse set of players from across the food sector, from producers, growers, processors, retailers, uh, government regulators, financial institutions, academia, environmental groups, uh, once you start to make the list, it, uh, I'm going to risk leaving someone off, but we have over 85 partners involved in this effort to uh, voluntarily come up with this set of sustainability criteria to show just how sustainable the Canadian food sector is and where we have to make some progress uh, on areas that we're falling short. Where do things go from here? Well, we're now uh, trying to expand this coalition, uh, and so we, we don't have everyone involved. Uh, that would be for sure. We're trying to build a greater momentum. We're going to create a pilot to test this out in a modest, uh, focused way, uh, improve it, test it, uh, make some changes, and then hopefully make this a permanent feature so this can be used by the sector by regulators, by financial institutions, and uh, and consumers to see just how sustainable Canada's uh, leading food system is. Uh, I mentioned that sustainability is a, a, an interest around the world, of course, but uh, this initiative uh, is fairly novel. We're taking a production-to-retail view of sustainability, um, and we're working across the food system, as I mentioned, with so many players Few other, if any other countries, are really taking this deep approach in a collaboration to uh, to benchmark its sustainability in this way. And so, uh, there's a few other examples, but Canada is really at the leading edge of this. And hopefully, this will help us to incur uh, or bring uh, greater visibility and greater opportunities for the sector 
as people really want to search out trusted, safe, sustainable food. That was David McKinnis, coordinator of the National Index and Agri-Food Performance Coalition. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. Soy Canada is hosting its AGM June 20th from 11 a.m. until 1 p.m. at the Fort Garry Hotel in Winnipeg. The Miami Agricultural Society is celebrating its 25th annual rodeo, along with the 113th annual fair June 25th and 26th. The Miami 4-H Beef Club will be hosting their inter-club judging competition on Friday evening and an open 4-H beef show on Saturday. The Roland 4-H Museum is open throughout July and August. Hours are 1 to 4 p.m. And Manitoba Crop Diagnostic School takes place July 5th to the 8th at the University of Manitoba E.N.R. Morrison Research Farm. Sessions will be held from 8.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. daily. The cost is $175. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Monday afternoon, three faculty of agricultural and food sciences alumni were honored for their outstanding professional contributions and public service at a celebration held earlier this month at the University of Manitoba. The Certificate of Merit is presented in recognition of leadership with agricultural organizations and outstanding service to the community at large. This year's recipients are Curtis Evanson of Morris and Laura and Henry Holtman of Rosser. Both Henry and I are very honored to receive the uh, Certificate of Merit from the Faculty of Agriculture. Uh, we are, that's our alma, alma mater, I guess. And um, yeah, very, very uh, humbled to uh, be chosen for this award. And this is the first year that um, they've awarded it to a couple for their contributions to uh, the agriculture industry and, and the community. And so that's also a first, and we're excited about that. Yeah, I guess just talk a little bit about your time at, at the University of Manitoba and, and some of the um, studies that you took there. Yeah, um, I, I went to the Faculty of Agriculture, and I graduated in 1985 with a Bachelor of Science in Agriculture in an agronomy major. And um, after that, I uh, proceeded to work um, in Saskatchewan for a while and came back to Manitoba and worked for um, uh, DuPont Chemical Company. Um, and, uh, and then we returned to the farm in uh, 1991. And so we've been uh, farming uh, full-time since, since then at Henry's Family Farm in Rosser, Manitoba. Um, and, yeah, it's been, it's been a ride since then and doing all kinds of things and and uh, Henry and I both feel that it's very important to um, give back to the community and give back to the university. And so Henry has been involved in many facets at the university with the diploma and degree program, and um, myself as well. I uh, was a panelist for a uh, final presentation for the second year diploma class for the last couple of years. <clears throat> and um, I worked on the pilot of a human resource uh course through the School of Diploma um, um, auditing it as a producer working with students. So that was very exciting. Um, my role on uh, in Rosser Holsteins is human resources manager and so that uh, I gave, I, I was hoping that I would be able to provide some um, experience and insight into that role for the graduating class. Yeah, and you're also involved with uh, agriculture in the classroom. Um, tell us a little bit about that. I am involved in agriculture in the classroom, and 
I've been involved for the last six years and held some uh, executive positions, and now I am president of uh, Agriculture in the Classroom Manitoba. Um, it's, we're very excited uh, to be able to uh, provide ag-related curriculum to, um, to all ages in the school system. We hope that our, our goal, our North Star goal, is that at the end that uh, students will be agriculture literate uh, graduating from high school and um, will maybe lead them to careers in agriculture um, from the rural and from the, from the urban um, areas as well. So it's, it's an exciting program. That was Laura Holtman. She and her husband, Henry, were recipients of this year's University of Manitoba Certificate of Merit Award. Also receiving the honor was Curtis Evanson of Morris. Just looking back, you know, what, what were some of the highlights from uh, your career? I, I think uh, the, the involvement with MASS, of course, the Manitoba Association of Ag Societies, has been uh, very long and, and, and involved. Uh, you know, we started with Ag Societies, the, the Valley Ag Society here in, in Morris, as soon as we moved out to, out to Morris and then uh, moved on to the association, the Manitoba Association of Agricultural Societies, and they were formed to, uh, to represent the, the province across Canada. Each province had a provincial association, and then it opened an opportunity to administer some grant programs that the feds had at that time with uh, the agricultural societies. And so there's been uh, everything from that, from then on, kind of unfolded. So it's been a good career, that's for sure. What is it about you know volunteering? A lot of volunteer things you've done here, you know, and and just helping out with uh, numerous fairs and and such. Uh, what is it about that that uh, you know attracts you to that? Uh, it is the people. You know, it's just amazing that there's all these people across the province who are willing to, like year in year out, come and volunteer for an event that. There's no personal gain, is financial gain or anything. They're doing it for the betterment of their communities, and they keep doing it for year after year. And, and they're so committed. It's that's that's the reward is talking to those kind of people. Are you involved? Uh, you know, coming up this summer, is there? Are you involved in any events or? Uh, not not really right now. Maybe a little bit with the Valley Ag Society and the Stampede. The the good thing about this year is all the events that across the province are going to run this year. We've had two years when they couldn't and, uh, and they've hung on and they're, they're back. They, we haven't heard of anybody who isn't going to put on an event this summer. They, they're eager to go. They, they seem to have the volunteers. And uh, so we're looking forward to see how it all turns out. That was Curtis Evanson of Morris, one of the recipients of this year's University of Manitoba Certificate of Merit. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. Time now for another look at today's farm news. The Vice President of Manitoba Beef Producers is optimistic about pasture conditions this year. Melissa Atchison gave an update on forage crops. Pretty good, actually. The alfalfa is coming up nice. We had a bit of a frost, so it did touch some things here and there. The alfalfa looked a little bit curled up um, and a bit of winter kill on some of that alfalfa, actually. Um, so just being careful and mindful. It was a bit stressed last year with the drought, obviously. Forage crops are coming up good. We could just use some more heat. <laughs> and I don't want to I don't want to say this too loud for folks who are really underwater, but we actually could use a little bit of rain. Farm Credit Canada has released its second quarter economic and financial market update. Here's FCC senior economist Kyle Burak. So just starting off with the first quarter, 
Uh, GDP growth was pretty strong, but we do expect that to start to slow down in the second quarter and into the end of the year. Inflation has increased above what we would consider comfortable levels, and this is impacting everybody across the agri-food chain from farmers to consumers, just what they're able to buy and their wallets are getting tight. And so as a result, we are seeing the Bank of Canada start to increase its policy rate pretty aggressively. We haven't seen them be this aggressive in over 20 years. And this is resulting in, you know, tighter economic conditions, tighter credit conditions, and higher lending rates for everybody across the country. And Manitoba Agriculture says flea beetle levels are high in some areas, and there has been some foliar insecticide applications. High levels of cutworms have been noticed in some fields in the northwest region. The province says there are no pressing disease concerns right now. A great week of seeding for most of the province last week also saw good progress with weed control. Many operations were able to keep the sprayer going while planting, getting a good pre-seed or pre-emerge burnoff. We continue to see weeds like biennial wormwood, wild buckwheat, roundleaf mallow, as well as weeds like kochia and foxtail barley that became well-established in the last couple of dry years. Weeds are growing very rapidly and are fast approaching or past the maximum leaf staging for control. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll chat with Cam Ross with Ducks Unlimited. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.